It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Cousins has not come back. Five on four. Hayward attacks. Kicks to Rodney. Left corner three. No. Offensive rebound. Tipped back by Gobert. While Cousins stands at the half-court logo. You are Locked On Jazz. Your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 23rd of March. We're live on a Thursday edition on Facebook. We'll take your questions, talk about Rudy's remarkable performance last night against the Knicks, the wonderful 1997 re- United game or tour, whatever you want to call that, uh, that took place last night at Vivint Smart Home Arena and all day long around town. Those are the things on the topic board for today's edition of Locked on Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. Thanks very much for tuning in today. Uh, looking forward to taking your questions on Facebook Live, so feel free to throw them out there and have you uh, jump aboard. Remember, you can get Empty the Noggin after every game. It's up at 1280 The Zone. You also can get Jazz Game Rewind, uh, and you also can uh, get our postcast uh, over at Locked on Jazz. So there's a lot of stuff after every game. Uh, I got some metrics on it. Frankly, uh, the metrics I got are terrible. Um, I'm stunned at how few people are reading Empty the Noggin this year, and so... Um, I thought I'd remind you it's out there. I don't know what's happened and why it's not being read like it used to be, or at least what I thought used to be. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe nobody's read it the whole time. Maybe it's just been a total um, not worth my time to do it, frankly. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, we'll see. I do want to thank you on a positive note. Um, the uh, feedback from clients and sponsors has been terrific. Uh, I was on conference calls uh, yesterday with a bunch of people, and uh, I really want to thank you guys for um, uh, that. The the feedback I've gotten from clients uh, really, really, really strong. So, and today's show is brought to you by Blue Apron. Tonight's a Blue Apron house in our house. I'm very excited. I don't know if we're having the cod or we're having the noki. They both arrived yesterday. Uh, very excited for the Blue Apron uh, night in the house tonight. We'll tell. I'll tell you about that. Uh, more coming up. All right, so let's just get to it. The f- questions are open for you. Uh, we'll get to the pins across the world, and then we'll uh, jump right into the, the 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 Rudy Stifle Tower French rejection. But last night he was Godzilla because he attacked New York. Uh, I know there's a lot of questions on which one we we like the best. Uh, please send me your pin dlock09 at gmail.com. That's dlock at zero nine at gmail.com, and send me your pin across. The world of where you're listening to the show and how you became a jazz fan. This is Stephen uh, Schaefer. I was born with cancer in the retinas of my eyes and then ran into a chain link fence. Is this really? Ow. One eye that's saved by the doctors. Um, the, um, so because the fence then ended his days of vision because of his blindness. Um, so he sat home and listened to Hot Rod and... Uh, 
the Jazz lost in 2002. Um, in 2000, he says, he thinks it was the last game of Hornacek's career. Ever since then, the radio has been my gateway to the Jazz. I can't listen to TV broadcasts because I can't get enough details. So radio has always been how I absorb Jazz basketball. Then you hated last night's broadcast um, because we had all those players come up and it was kind of a frolicking mess that finally got to the game in the fourth quarter. Uh, it was so fun. Uh, I can I currently teaching my wife about the game even though I've never visually seen it played. I still get a pretty good idea of the plays because of Hot Run, of course, yourself. I appreciate you and all you do uh, to break down the game so well that even a blind man can understand and visualize. Well, it's obviously the, the greatest compliment you could give me. I don't. I seriously doubt I'd do a good enough job for you. Uh, the Jazz were truly my best friend, and I hope the radio broadcast of their games will continue for as long as I live. Put a pin in Murray, Utah. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for the great audio work you do. Uh, it's incredibly priceless for a man who cannot see. That is Stephen Schaefer. That's, that's, that's wow. That's a wow moment right there. Uh, I, I will try to... You know what? I choose... Um, <clears throat> I choose somebody... Uh, every day, I think I've said this before. Kind of every night when I open a broadcast, I, I choose somebody in my mind. Uh, I will start choosing you more often than not, Stephen. Uh, Stephen, uh, I think you said in Murray, uh, you will be my guy more often, more often than not. Uh, I always try to choose someone I'm thinking about. Changes the way, uh, uh, changes the way that I look at the uh, game. Some people might be a diehard fan. Some nights it's a. Um, you know, it's a casual fan. I call the game a little differently based on who I think is the likely listener. It has to do with time. But, Stephen, you're my guy. All right, let's get to last night, uh, the tip-off story of the day. Wow. Rudy Gobert was just dominant. And I've said this uh, I said this on postcast. I think I've said this a lot recently. I just can't explain the growth of Rudy Gobert. I, I do think he should be in running for most improved player of the year as well. Uh the best way I can describe what Rudy's doing is that every night I leave the arena right now and think he's better than the previous night. Uh, and I can't explain, you know, and, and he, I started the year thinking he had as large an impact defensively as any player in the NBA, right? So, I mean, I didn't start the year not knowing who he was. But what he has done in the last 50 games is just on a night-in and night-out basis – be so distinctly dominant, it's it's incredible. Uh, and it's different every night. You know, Indiana it was eight blocks. And Chicago, I thought he, you know, he was kind of one of the guys that, that played pretty well that night. And then the Cleveland, he was 20 and 19. And the win in Detroit, they're just scared to go inside. He has five assists that night. Uh, the Clippers game, his numbers aren't nearly as dramatic, but he was he was remarkable. Um, you know, he it, it's... It's mind-blowing uh, what we're seeing out of him on a nightly basis is what I can say. The last 10 games, Gobert is averaging 17 points, 13 rebounds, two assists, three blocks, and shooting 74% from the field, taking 10 shots a game. I mean, when we do pack Friday tomorrow, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, I think he's going to be top five offensive player in the league. Next week. And by the way, Pack Friday tomorrow is going to be like the most obnoxious, self-righteous, self-indignant a word? Is that the right right word? Um, Self-serving edition of this show ever. Um, Maybe self-indulgent rather than Um, self-indignant. The 
the pack work that I've done is just proving to be more valuable every day. And trust me, I'll let you know. Because <laughs> I'm just a jerk. Uh, all right. So back to Rudy. Uh, it, it's just awesome. What was so awesome about last night is New York has a problem. New York's the worst defensive rebounding team in the league. And Rudy came into the night on national television and knew that he could completely dominate the game if he took the right energy, right effort. And he did. He just dominated. I watched Cousins dominate the New Orleans-Memphis game the other way in a, the other night in a different manner. But um, he, he's his, his he was relentless last night. He was relent. He, he knew that they couldn't handle him. What a cool feeling for Rudy, who maybe never doubted, but at one point in time was just kind of breaking into this league. That he went into last night's game and simply knew that there was absolutely no way they could stop him, and so he pounded them for it and took full advantage of that. It's really, it's really incredible. Uh, and then, you know, the aspect of it that's probably most interesting most is the skill set addition and the game to do that. Like, I'm sure he's gone into games before and thought to himself, like, oh, I can really dominate this game. Except for on this night, he actually could because he's now good enough to do it. He's strong enough physically. He's got the balance underneath him that's good enough to be able to do it. He's got... Uh, you know, he's he understands the game well enough. He's really a smart player. He's always he's a very smart man. Like if you just talk to him and interest about what he's reading or paying attention to in the world, he, he's very very bright. European players um, often seem to be um, foreign players. Generally, I would say um, seem to come to the league more worldly than the American players. The American players, I would say, tra- this might be stereotype. I don't think I don't think this is stereotype. I think it's a different experience. The American player gets in the AAU system and stays in a little bit in that bubble. The European player often has come by playing some pro ball somewhere at a younger age with men in an older environment, which makes them have a little bit more of a worldly view. I think the biggest difference between this is a really different side I hadn't thought about, but I think the biggest difference is that most European players have played non-like aged players and most American players have played similarly aged players their entire career right so if you look at Trey Lyles or Gordon Hayward uh, those are two pretty bright guys Trey actually is a big documentary watcher and has some interesting thoughts on some things Um, so that our guys might be a little different probably why we draft them um, and keep them but just if you think about their their careers coming into the jazz they played like-aged guys the whole time. Neto, on the other hand, Gobert, on the other hand, come from Europe and played pro against older men for much of their uh, much of their time. And most of them are on a world team, or a nation's team, excuse me, that has got older people to it. So um, that's just a side note. Uh, but... Rudy, really, there's a there's an intellectual capability of what he's doing. There's a physical development. There's a skill development, and then there's a commitment to being really incredibly awesome right now. That uh, is wowing me. 
And uh, last night, he just got it. He saw they, what they could and couldn't do, and they couldn't do it. And he killed him. Now, DeAndre Jordan on Saturday is going to be a different story. And how does he stay in it? That's the other thing he's gotten so much better is he mentally stays in these games at a really, really high level. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Blue Apron. Have you ever tried Blue Apron? It's the number one fresh ingredient recipe delivery service in the country. Uh, yesterday, the box arrives. I go out, get it, unpack it. Everything's packed individually for the recipes, uh, for the exact thing. I think we've got we got a gnocchi and a cod, as I mentioned. Uh, some other things this week. There's a salmon piccata with uh, with orzo and broccoli. There's pork chops with miso butter, bok choy, and marinated apple. There's a vegetable chili and baked sweet potatoes with crispy tortilla trips. Uh, there's shrimp, uh, spicy shrimp coconut curry with cabbage and rice. And so it comes... Gives you this very easy to follow menu, uh, or uh, uh, you know, not menu, uh, ingredient uh, directions. My kids actually did our last one; they loved it. They had a really good time. It was really fun for them uh, in the kitchen to to kind of learn how to cook and follow it through and follow directions and follow the instructions. They they do they do a little bit of it, but this was a bigger deal for them. They made a really good meal. Um, last time, and Blue Apron, they just make home cooking incredibly accessible. If you work. If you work trying to go to the grocery store, get all your stuff, and go get home and cook, it's just too much. It's but you want to make a nice meal for your family. Home cooked meals are just better, healthier, or better for you than you know. It's obvious, right? We know that. So, what can you do? Well, Blue Apron comes. It's all divvied out for you, all individually packaged for you, so that you know you have each and every. Item, and then you can just get dinner ready step by step. Follow the recipe card, pre portioned ingredients. It takes about 40 minutes or less, and you've got a great, great meal. Here's the best part go to blueapron.com slash lock jazz, L O C K, no E, L O C K jazz, and you get three meals for free with free shipping. I, I really think you'll, you'll see this. For, for, I, yesterday just struck me like this is a game changer for some families. Blueapron.com slash lock, L O C K jazz. And might be a great thing to give to your spouse as a thank you for their efforts to make their life a little easier and they get to make a really cool meal. Or do it with the kids or do it yourself. Uh, blueapron.com slash lock, L-O-C-K, jazz. Uh, some interesting things last night. Uh, how will Neto play the backup point guard position for uh, Dante Exum? I got a tip that this might happen uh, and took the time to go back and review all of Dante's point guard possessions on the road trip. Uh, so I'd understand it. And I guess I can just tell you this. I get it. I don't want to belabor the point, uh, but Dante is simply struggling at the point. He's actually playing pretty well off the ball with George Hill, and on nights I actually think we'll see that um, right now. But at the point, there are just too many possessions, frankly, that he that he destroys, um, and, and that's that's the problem. Um, you know, if you go, I mean, I did, I, I I really did. So, I mean, our last game against on the road trip is against Indiana. Uh, first possession, dribbles for 16 seconds, throws a cross court pass for a turnover. Uh, second possession, he doesn't touch it. Third possession, he draws a foul. Um, uh, 
on the out of bounds. He inballs, goes goes off two picks, goes under the first. They switch. He doesn't get off the ball. He takes a twenty two footer air ball. I mean, so there he's in the game for two possessions. He's actually killed both of them. Next possession, he dribbles for sixteen seconds with no answer. Um, he comes off a pick with Gobert. He doesn't have a shot. Uh, they go under the pick. And now he's suddenly killed three of the four possessions. And you just can't have that this time of the year. And it's not – that was a bad sequence. Uh, When I went through the other games, it wasn't as bad. But there's some things that are really clear. One of the things that's clear is how often they run possessions where he just doesn't touch. And and then he's a a spot shooter on the outside. And you know what? That's not great. Um, That's really not what he's kind of made to do. Uh, So that's the first one. Uh, The second one that – is clear is that he can't shoot well enough so that while he really has this great explosion of the basket, people are going under every single uh, pick along the way. And so when he, and they go under every time he goes under a pick and then he goes back under another pick. Well, now that takes too long and he's got nowhere to go because he doesn't have the outside shot. So teams have scouted him. And right now, uh, hopefully he'll get another shot. Hope, you know, he showed some signs he's getting, he's a lot better than he was, but for the playoff run, Defensively, I'm not sure how Neto's going to hold up, but Neto does things a little bit better. And then, frankly, Neto hit two shots that he just simply wouldn't make. Like, Dante's just not making uh, those shots. So it's tough to see because we're all huge Dante fans and you want Dante to have success. But I would just tell you um, two things. The the adage that's out on the Internet that he somehow has a shorter leash than other guys um, might be true based on the fact that there's two other guys in Shelvin Mack and Howell Neto that can play that position. And um, the and that I think you know in that sense that there's a different dynamic. Like if Alec Burks isn't playing well, um, I don't know who the next guard is that you're playing at that position. It may turn out to have to be Dante um, at some point. The the other angle on it is that I just watched the video. It's just not true. Honestly, it's not true. In fact, I had the opposite feeling while watching it. I actually thought there was a pretty high level of patience. Um, if I had a point guard come in and kill three out of four possessions, I, I mean, we're done. That's a lot. You're not co- overcoming that. So um, I just think that adage that's out there a little bit is I don't think it's accurate uh, from what I've watched and what, if, what I've seen. All right, those are kind of the primary things. Get nervous again. I got my high school friend watching, and I look terrible. <gasps> that was for her. Uh, all right, let's go take your questions. Um, wow, a lot of them came in. I've. Let's see. Can you introduce me to Joe Ingles? Matt will keep trying. How awesome was last night? Gosh, it was. It was so fun to see everybody. The energy in the building. The crowd was great. Great super, 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 super work by um, Derek and the staff that, that got this thing together. I mean, the, the effort and energy uh, that went into to getting this done by um, the jazz was, was incredible. The happiness to, uh, out of the players, I thought was a huge deal that they all seemed to be loving it as much as they were, uh, last night. The, the introduction was cool. The crowd to see it, uh, to get to talk to him. I had a wonderful conversation with Adam Keith. His two daughters, um, won the national championship last year at Stanford volleyball. Um, Brian Russell's doing well. Um, Antoine Carr had some great stories. Uh, Ostertag had a wonderful conversation with his wife about the coffee shop. John Stockton was just fascinatingly interesting and open and willing to chat and talk. And uh, I had a great uh, – it was it was wonderful. I, you know, I have a unique thing where I grew up a jazz fan 
starting kind of the origins of the franchise at nine years old, uh, then started working for the organization as a media member um, and an inexperienced media member, frankly, in my early years, uh, and then have evolved into now being the radio voice of the team. It's a pretty wild ride to uh, sit there. You know, the child in me uh, sitting there talking to John Stockton is somewhat overwhelmed. The media member in me um, is cherishing it because that's what I want is to hear these comments from people. And then the adult in me just felt like I was talking to John like he was a friend. He was so incredibly uh, gracious. So it was really it was wild. Uh, interesting, I thought, most interesting moment for me was I asked John Stockton what his reaction was when he got the pass. Uh, and he said it was quiet. Which, if you've read any sports psychology books, is absolutely what you're shooting for, is quiet. Um, so really, really incredible, fascinating uh, comment there. All right, uh, I love Empty the Noggins. Uh, sometimes I feel like I don't see the link pop up in my team stream, which is where I go to after games. All right, that's good. I, I got to find out why. I mean, there is – I got some data on empty the noggin. There's – one, the high numbers aren't as good, and the low, there's days, according to our numbers, where like 72 people read it, which is disgusting if that's true. I've got to find a way to do a better job. If, that, if that's all the people that think that's worthwhile, I've got to find a way to do a better job than that. Uh what are Rudy's All NBA chances? I don't know. It's a really good question. Um, I, he's the n- best center in the NBA right now. Now, on a given night, the other night, Demarcus was probably as good, um, and Marcus Holes generally thought it. But right now, I, I, I got to tell you, I, he's the best center in the NBA. I, I don't know how people are going to vote and what positions are, and but Rudy's got to be really strongly considered as the number as first-team All-NBA center. And if you're doing that, you'd think he'd make third-team All-NBA. He's really... But I also would say this. You've got to watch him to get it. And that's, you know, that's the problem. And it's not that people don't watch Utah. People don't watch anyone. Right? There's 30 teams, and most teams, the people that are voting are assigned to a team. So, therefore, they don't watch anyone. Like, I don't watch... This time of year, i got to be honest, I don't... Like, give me a... Like, I haven't seen Marcus Gasol play since we saw him, uh, I guess, the other night. Excuse me. The other night I saw him get annihilated by DeMarcus Cousins. But I don't – I'll be honest. This time of the year, I'm, I'm tired. I'm not – you know, I'm not watching, and I haven't seen my kids at all. So I'm not watching a lot of games that aren't ours. And I'm the type of person I have a vote. I don't want one, and so I have declined. But um, – well, I don't know if I was offered. But I do not want to vote. So uh, I uh, – it's really – you know, I, I think it's a very hard thing for everyone to see how great Rudy is on a night-in and night-out basis. Um, is the Jazz depth a facade or are the real factors play that they've had so – they've had them all – well, I think the Jazz depth is a little bit of a facade because a bunch of guys aren't playing nearly as well as we thought, right? So Trey Lyles is not having the year we thought he was going to have. Um, you know, I think when we started the year, Trey Lyles and Boris Dia, we thought Trey Lyles would play more than Boris Dia. That has not happened. Um, I think we are all a little over-exuberant on what we would expect out of Dante. I would say I missed on how much more difficult it is to play for a good team than it is to play for a bad team for Dante. I didn't think about that when I thought about just making a jump. And I mean, he's really made the jump, and if he were to play on a team like the Lakers or the Knicks where he could play 30 minutes a night, he'd probably be putting up some good numbers and really making some progress, and people would be pretty excited, much more excited about him. Uh, and I think that that's... Um, you know, I think that so that's clouding it a little bit. Um, 
Boris was kind of doing what I thought Boris would do. His shooting was off. I don't think we expected him to, you know, have a stretch where I think he went what two of thirty from two of twenty for a while from three there for a while. So yeah, I think the depth actually is a little bit of a facade. And then I think the other thing that's happened to the depth is, you know, Joe Ingles goes and plays thirty six minutes against LeBron James, and then his shot's not right. He's two of like twelve. Since then, he then, I think, hit a few. But that's not surprising that he goes and does that. Um, Joe Johnson goes and suddenly starts playing 30 minutes a night, and then his shot's not quite right. That's not that surprising. The injuries have taxed a bunch of our guys beyond their natural level, and there's an impact to that uh, when that happens. Um, Jesse, who I saw in New York. Uh, great win last night. Somewhat off topic. Based on Baxter Holmes' article on p- peanut butter and jelly, the NBA, I was wondering what the Jazz peanut butter and jelly is. We have peanut butter and jelly on every flight. Ron Boone's a big peanut butter and jelly guy, and um, he's and I'm allergic to nuts, so I'm not. And uh, I don't know. I haven't read Baxter's piece. He texted me. I knew he was working on it. Um, I haven't read it, and I haven't read the whole party piece either. So, sorry. Does the new ownership trust make it more or less likely for them to pay over the cap going forward? Would really like to see Hayward and Hill stay, but seems uh, that's the only way. I think, um, yes, a little bit because there's no money coming out of it for profit. So if it makes sense to go over the cap, I think they're more likely to do it. Um, the Hill issue is not going to be an issue of <clears> – <throat> the Hill issue is going to be what you're paying a 31-year-old point guard who's got some injury issues like a toe um, – and what those injuries issues are, I guess. Right, so the first issue on George is, like, you have to determine what is his health as a 31-year-old point guard. Second thing you have to determine is what is his expected productivity. And then the third thing you have to match is what is it that matches that uh, production to that, or what's the dollar value to that production, and then how, frankly, how much are you willing to exceed that? So let's say you say he's a $19, 20000000 million point guard and he gets offered 26 you might decide, you know what, <clears throat> we can't afford to do that. It the, when you pay market value over production value, you have a problem. How good was Withy last night? Plus minus isn't great, but he played hard, ran the floor well, seemed to engage. Yeah, I thought so. Um, he kind of understood the same thing. He could get on the boards and doesn't have the skill set of Rudy, but with the skill set he had, I thought he he did a nice he did a nice job. And you know, I really think Jeff's done Jeff's done a decent job. Let's I mean, so Jeff's is for late first second round pick, I think early second. He goes to New Orleans. They choose Omer Ashik and Alexis Aginsa instead of him, right? So that just – and I don't mean that to criticize Jeff, but that just gives you an idea of where he is. And I think he's really done a wonderful job understanding that. And he also has a hard job that he's not always – he is right now because no favors. But we'll go through a shoot-around, and the 10 guys go through a shoot-around. If he's 11, 12, 13, Neto's had this too. Um, Dante had it once and really wasn't ready to play. Trey has it, and you kind of – and it's, I think it's impacting. They're not a part of shoot-around. In the sense that 10 guys go through the, the walkthrough, and then the other guys who aren't in those top 10 kind of have to just watch. And Withy has to do that all the time and still stay to understand the game plan, which is hard. Uh, will Derek be ready for the playoffs? I have no idea. I really don't know anything on Derek. Uh, Mike Childs is great call. You're really generous because last night was really fun, but it might have been one of the least good radio broadcasts of all time. But that's very nice. Uh, let's dream for a moment. If we were to win a championship in the coming years of this team, what does that look like? How do we uh, do we make more personnel changes? Do you have current guys have huge improvements? I think we make uh, significant personnel changes. Uh, we hold the core of Gobert and Hayward. Uh, and we hit somehow miraculously on a draft or on a player 
um, that's ready to make another step. We become an elite-level defensive team and a top-eight offensive team, and that's how we become a championship team. Um, is there concern we don't have a rotation hammered out yet this late in the season? Yeah. I'm sh- I mean, the fact we our starters have played 13 games together and we've had this injury epidemic uh, all season long is absolutely a concern. I mean, I was asked yesterday with Monson – uh, and Spence, like, what did I expect? And I had to be honest and say I have no idea. And that's not great, 72 games in the season. The way Rudy dominated affected every play last night reminded me of Shaq, except our guy hits his free throws. Yeah, I mean, Shaq was just bigger and stronger, but, I mean, just dominating big inside last night. Um, does Favors have to change his game to stay healthy in this league? I, I don't know what he has to do to stay healthy. I really just don't. And I, I don't think Derek's capable of changing his game that much. He's got to stretch it a little bit. And he's got to be able to be healthy enough to be a good defensive center. Uh, Devin Cash of Equity Real Estate. How are you? Uh, I used to talk about three players for $40 million, four players for $45. Uh, that's a great question, Devin. i got to build that. i got to build that. That's a great question. That used to be my model for how you built a team. Salary caps up. 40%. So we probably just add 40% to that number, but it's probably, it might be, it might be three players for 70 million. I'd have to look at it. Uh, what do you think uh, is becoming the trademark signature of Quinn Snyder, Quinn Snyder teams? Um, I mean, I think they play hard defensively. They're structured. Um, I think they're creative offensively from Shannon Ryan. This is the much talked about. Do you use blue apron? I do do, Shannon. The kids use it more than I do. You know how often I'm home. Um, Shannon, by the way, if anyone flies Southwest Airlines... Oh, I'm getting you back, kid. If anyone flies Southwest Airlines, in the newspaper, there's a big article on Shannon and her incredible work at Pixar uh, in the Southwest Airlines uh, magazine this month. So if you're flying Southwest Airlines, you can go look it up. You can read about my little buddy who tortures me every single time I do this show back from when we were like ninth grade high school buddies. Um, all right. Uh, that's enough of that. Ingles adds serious value to the team. Uh, where do you draw the line when it comes to bigger contract, though? Uh, I think that's you know the same thing I just said is you got to figure out what his value is, what his progress is how much I, I actually think the interesting thing on Ingles is you got to figure out how much you think you can just recreate it with another player right we took him out of really nowhere do you believe there's just another player we stick him into that um you know that role and you can just cr- recreate it with somebody else uh, I really like Jeff Withy. he gives us good minutes I think he flies under the radar I think he's good Jeff's Jeff's is who he is I think he does a great job um uh, I love empty the noggin but I agree sometimes it's hard to find Okay, great to know. Uh, two of the key pieces, Hill and Johnson, are a bit incongruent with the timeline of our young players but are extremely important. Do you see us turning over keys to Dante, Lyles? Uh, you know what? Everything in the offseason stems to whether Gordon comes back or not. And if Gordon doesn't come back, we've got to take an entire evaluation of, of, of what happens, right? Uh, according to a Bleacher Report suggested, Gobert should be seen as a most MVP candidate, even if it's unrealistic. Uh I think that's eventually maybe, if he obviously does last night, he's just gotten so good. Um, I think of him as a defensive player of the year, a all-NBA, and a most improved candidate right now. There's five really good MVP candidates. I don't know what to do about LeBron on MVP. 
I, I think there should be like a rule that you never, ever voted LeBron or Michael Jordan anything other than first or second. You can make your choice first or second on those. You should never vote them anywhere else. But then I, now suddenly I have some guys that are really, really good uh, to drop down to, to you know, third, fourth, and fifth when I do that. But I think you kind of have to. Uh, what do we do about our power forward situation moving forward? Love favors and feel bad about seems like he's the odd man out because of money. Can we get by with DL Johnson and Lyles? I, I really still think Trey Lyles is a very, very important piece uh, on this for this franchise. Chris Gaitner, can you introduce me to Matt Moon? Isn't that how we ended the last one? I think we should. End it there again. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thanks for the feedback on Empty the Noggin. Uh, hope everyone is great. Appreciate it immensely for you tuning in. Have fun with Blue Apron. Uh, Three free meals. L-O-C-K-J-A-Z-Z. L-O-C-K-J-A-Z-Z. This is Locked on Jazz. Oh, 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 one note. Uh, Jerry Krause passed. And Locked on Bulls did an interview with Sam Smith uh, that's really, really good. So make sure you grab that. Thank you very much. This is Locked on Jazz, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Paul. Verizon has been placing giant letters all over the country to get people to buy into their unlimited plan. Don't get hooked. Switch to Sprint Unlimited, $22.50 per month per line for four lines and get the fifth line free. Hurry to your local Sprint store, visit Sprint.com slash Unlimited, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1 today. Savings until 1031-18 per line per month for five lines with auto-pay. Excludes taxes, surcharges, roaming, streams, ETL, KHC 1080p, music, 1.5 megabits per second, gaming update, megabits per second, subject to credit, $30 activation fee, prohibited network use rules, and data deprioritization apply compared to Verizon Beyond Unlimited. Carry features differ, coverage and offer not everywhere. Restrictions apply. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.